This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Hi, you're listening to the Media Week Podcast. Uh, my name is Dan Barrett, Deputy Editor at Media Week. I'm joined here by Chaz Lichardello from The Chaser Decides and also Scott Abbott, also of The Chaser Decides. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Great. I'm very well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Now, I'm always excited when there's an election because that usually means there's some chaser tomfoolery that's going to be involved in this. <laughs> Uh, professional tomfoolery. I don't want to think it's amateur. Uh, no, no. I, look, I, I'm just wowed by the word tomfoolery. I think we should use it more on the show. <laughs> I think that sums up sums up nicely. I it guess. is the most high grade tomfoolery yeah. around. Uh, <laughs> we put a lot of effort into that tomfoolery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They pay me the big bucks for that. Succinctness <laughs> with a yeah terminology. I, I, I must say that we used to like we went after the war and everything when we did lots and lots of stunts. Right. Mm. The uh, we kind of moved away a bit from the stunts in the in the. In intervening years like during hamster wheel and so forth well, that's what i thought i heard and then mm. i saw you doing trust falls with the prime exactly Minister. exactly but just for basically for the last six years we've just just i'd say 90 percent of the time i get recognized and look i don't want to i don't want to toot my horn i definitely don't get recognized that much but <laughs> but when i about 90 percent of the time i get recognized people go oh so 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 when's the chaser coming back and you go We've been making shows for five straight years and then you realise <laughs> that they actually don't care about anything else you make. They just want to know when the stunts are coming back. And we just thought, oh, during an election's probably not a bad time to do a few stunts because like, it's, yeah, it's just a perfect opportunity and, the, and taking the piss out of politicians, you can't really go wrong. And we've got all these new people who work with us, like Scott here, who no one recognises, so we might as well take advantage of that to just really fuck up some politicians. Yeah, now, do you only get recognised for the chase nowadays, or is there like a Planet America News 24 audience finding you? i got to say, it is, there is more than you would think. <laughs> Every single time, it's, a, it's an amazing surprise. You go, oh, yeah, okay, I'll talk about APEC. Oh, you want to talk about the primaries? Awesome! <laughs> Something that Chaz actually cares about. Yeah. Wow. And, and then, I don't let them go. I start mobbing them. I just follow them around the street going, let me tell you more about Bernie Sanders. <laughs> So, having like you're doing both shows at the moment, like you're not taking a break with Planet America. It's funny you mention that. I mm. wasn't going to, but as of today, yeah. I am taking a break with Planet America because it just became too hard. Like I, uh, the plan was to go all the way through with both of them, mm. but it it is Scott can vouch for me here. It is on, I honestly do work twenty four hours, literally twenty four hours a day, and even working twenty four hours a day, I don't have enough time, and that that is. Just for the election show, just for just for the, the chase the chase election desk, Planet America. When I normally do it, I spend a ridiculous amount of time reading up on it because I like to be prepared because I like to not give away how stupid I am. So I prefer to just rip off other people's great great ideas. Um, but I I just can't do any reading for it at the moment. I just don't want to go on air and be the kind of dolt I usually make fun of. Yeah, <laughs> I can actually vouch for Chaz. He's um, <laughs> you've probably broken your. Uh, like third laptop in about 18 months. <laughs> yes. He literally works that hard that he's, he's breaking laptops <laughs> just cause he never, he, you know, we find him asleep under desks, <laughs> sitting up in front of his computer, like in various places. He literally sleeps about an hour away. We think he's kind of like a, a comedy robot that's been sent back through time to, to kind of break all the machines before they become self-aware. <laughs> and um, yeah, he's certainly smashing some laptops. So it's good that he's taking some time off to get some sleep. So, so uh, Well, that's not going to be happening. Uh, but <laughs> take time to do yeah. um, Charlie Pickering's going to be filling in, which is amazing. Oh, that's great. Because yeah. they're never going to want me back now. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear say that you do that much research because I hear you're a big sort of political, well, US mm. politics wonk. Mm. So I just kind of presume that you're doing like the sort of briefest sort of minimal amount of work going into it. Oh, no, I'm, yeah. I'm genuinely obsessed with American politics. In mm. my holidays, leaving aside Planet America, like when just to forget the election years, just in the normal run-of-the-mill election pol- American politics, I would read eight hours of blogs a day. Yeah, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. And and the, when I make the show Planet America, I I have you should see my logging document. I have literally <laughs> two two and a half thousand cells of notes of like over the last six months of stats that I like or graphs that I've seen. To, to give you an example, so the other two weeks ago, Chaz stayed up all night, <laughs> and we all teased him about it, trying to find the perfect questions to ask this a guest that was coming on Planet yeah. America. Mm. I can't remember the guest. Ying Ma. But what mm. actually happened was he stayed up through the night until six o'clock in the morning, fell asleep, <laughs> and then missed the interview time. <laughs> so yeah. he, he never got to ask Ying Ma those questions. That was sadly. some great questions. Great. Let yeah, me were, tell you. They were rippers. <laughs> if she's listening, call in. And uh, yeah, Chaz's yeah, got some questions he wants to ask you. <laughs> now, we should probably just say Planet America for those unfamiliar <laughs> Uh, it's a US election TV show as Friday nights. Is that the yes, first Friday night? nine yeah. o'clock and then it's repeated throughout the weekend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's going through till the election, and who knows, maybe afterwards. In the past, the ABC, I don't think, have been thrilled about the idea of putting an American politics show on their non-election year because they get so much pressure from they get they get a lot of grief at the ABC. You'll be surprised <laughs> to hear, and a lot of people go, "Well, why are you spending money on an American politics show when there's not even an election?" Mm. But if I get my way, it'll be on all the time. <laughs> it's a fantastic <laughs> show. Now we'll actually talk about Chaser stuff in a moment, but because I love Planet America, you know, <laughs> sure, it's my yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so, what sort of like what media are you consuming to be sort of completely across it? Look, so is it just blogs? It's just blogs. It's just blogs. Like the, when oh, I listen to podcasts as well, mm. but to be honest, the blogs is where I get most of my information from because most decent podcasts are just saying things that are in blogs anyway. Yeah. Like the, like, and obviously with blogs, you end up following the links. Yeah, you end up following links to articles and so forth. But I just find myself that. If you read the New York Times or Washington Post or whatever, you're only getting one angle mm. and and it's not always a good angle. I'm not talking about bias here. I'm talking about the angle of the reporter leaving aside any political leanings, just they have a certain perspective. Mm. With blogs, you, you can get 25 different perspectives and you know where each – since they all wear their bias on their sleeves, you know where you can adjust for each particular bias. You end up getting, in my view, a much, a much more three-dimensional picture and uh, I find that – I personally end up coming up with a lot of original thoughts just because I read so many different perspectives. So yeah, that's for me. I just read lots of blogs. Yeah. Um, what are those sort of go-to blogs that you'd sort of recommend for people and also maybe a few podcasts as well? Okay. Yeah, look, I'd say as far as blogs go, it really depends on the political leans you're looking for. But the, a good place to start would be Vox. The, the Vox is, is great because it has a lot of information. Now, that obviously comes from a sort of a technocratic left perspective. But uh, if you're looking for something a, a bit more, say, right-wing, for instance, NRO The Corner is, is quite good for getting a, a pretty good angle on traditional right-wing, I'd say. Um, I'm also a big fan of Kevin, Kevin Drum from Mother Jones, who's also – he's a bit more technocrat than, than sort of Vox. He's super technocrat, but he's great for graphs and stats. Like he's, he tends to have a bit of a, an alternative perspective, which is quite good. Mm. Um, the, uh, let me think what else um, – uh, in terms of podcasts, I, I, um, I, well, I suppose the like, I'm just trying to think of the best one to recommend because I just listen to a lot, a lot of them that I don't necessarily think are brilliant, but it's just because yeah. I like to get the perspectives. I find Brian Bu- uh, Brian Boitler from um, 
uh, New Republic. He's got a uh, podcast called Primary Concerns, mm. and he gets a lot of really interesting people on. And he's very good with right wingers, which I, I find that's the weakness of a lot of a lot of more mainstream journalists in American politics. They don't they speak about right wingers like they're foreigners, mm. <laughs> but they actually like. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I think Brian Boitler really gets the heart of some of the views of conservatives, and I find that quite interesting. So I'd probably recommend him. Yeah. I've been obsessing over the Keeping It 1600 podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. Dan Pfeiffer and yep. um, oh, John Favreau, yep. who are former uh, Obama yeah. staffers. Yeah. yeah, along those lines, actually, Axelrod's pretty good as well. If you mm. want to, if like, he just talks to his mates, but the Axe Files, that is. He just talks to his mates, but he, he, he really gets behind the scenes. He's quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we should get back to Chase's Sorry. <laughs> once, <laughs> once, I get started, once I get started American politics, you're never going to shut me up. <laughs> hey, look, I'm okay with that, but I appreciate people listening. <laughs> okay, so because it is a election year, and I was going back through the Chaser cycles, I think there's only been one election that you guys have missed. So starting in 2001, you had the election Chaser. Yep. Uh, 2007, Chaser Decides. So you missed 2004. Oh, no, no, 2004 was Chase of the Sides. Okay. I had to pull you up. No, no, pull me up. Like, it's fine. I feel that you might have been there. (laughs) 2007 was, um, we we did two episodes of The War and Everything that became an election special. Oh, that's where it's... Yeah, and then 2010 was Yes, We Canberra. 2013 was uh, the hamster election. I don't know what we called it. Yeah, yeah, the sides. Yeah, yeah. and then this one, yeah. Yeah. So how how much, uh, how does that compare to, say, Kerry O'Brien? It must be up there in... You know. Oh, we're, we're much more professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. no in, ter- in terms of number of elections, yeah. I, I tell you what. You know, as part of what we've done, we've gone through some previous election footage. Like we're talking like 1980, 1983 yeah. type uh, type periods. Carrie Bryan looked identical. <laughs> the man has not aged. Mm. I'm telling you, you look like Margaret Pomerantz. Like- <laughs> tell you what, that woman looks the same as she did on one of the movies. <laughs> I, I don't know when he started, but he, I, I think he's a time lord. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so obviously the hamster's been left behind. Like, mm. what happens to the hamster? Is it just because I've got a life cycle of two and a half years? <laughs> That's right. That had to uh, get put down. Look, as a general rule of thumb, you might have noticed we have very short attention spans with our shows. We yeah. never do them for very long, um, which is probably bad news for the checkout because <laughs> it's going into what's in the middle of the fourth four season. Half, yeah, four but um, we, yeah, in, in the, as a rule of thumb, in the past three years, we t- think to ourselves, it's time to move on to another show and. Hamster was a really hard show to make, to be honest. Like it was, it was. There's a lot of logging. Like because as part of the show, you might have noticed by now that we're, we're quite geeky, all of us, but in particular me. Um, but, uh, for everything we do, there's a lot of work. And for the Hamster, we literally were logging every single piece of news on television. Mm. That's a lot of news. Yeah. Now, I guess two 24-hour news channels for a start and then there's all, all the commercial channels. And and you were doing that yourselves? Like you weren't yeah. using like a media monitoring service or anything? No, like no, that. no, we're doing it ourselves. Because oh my God, there's a media monitoring <laughs> You mean I've been doing this for six years? We're, we're at the ABC. <laughs> we cannot afford a media monitoring service. But also, the thing about like a lot of people like The Daily Show I know use these language searching type programs. Mm. They, they have their detriments. Um assuming they work which they don't always work but assuming they work you can only search for words and and if you look back at the clips at work so many of them about intonation or something that happens, happens to the graphics or something some or kind of body lizard, language thing wearing a lizard on their shoulder exactly yeah. exactly so so yeah so there's a certain limitation to what you can get from language software you just have to Watch it yourself. Unfortunately, yeah. But Hamster nearly killed us, so we thought move yeah. on. I think that you guys make shows until you 
they become good and then get rid of it. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> until much. You, until you perfected it and go, no, nah, it's, it's become good now, get rid of it. it, so. it there's no doubt that, they, that if you look back at our history of shows, the first series of them are never, never very, very much shot. <laughs> so. Well, I guess this brings Scott a bit more in the equation. I feel I've been ignoring you. I apologize. That, that's all right. I've, I've been on the, you know, just watching Chaz tell you how he absorbs the matrix every day to make uh, make the hamster, the hamster wheel and... But yeah, so I mean, obviously you're part of the checkout. So yes, you've been there yes, from the I beginning, am. I think, haven't yes, you? Yes, I yeah. was there at the first uh, production yes. meeting, well, writers' meeting, when we sat there and went, what the hell is, is well, this show? Well, Scott started with the hamster wheel. He just yeah. was behind yeah. the scenes. So That's I was all. one of these loggers that yeah. Chaz was talking about, that mm. these people that actually have to professionally watch Sunrise and Today program every mm. single morning, and that's six hours of TV... <laughs> seven days a week and it's made you a better person sure <laughs> oh, absolutely yeah. absolutely me and the cash cow are tight <laughs> but, um, yeah and I've, I've moved up I, and slightly I, just, I suppose I've taken on a logging slash writing responsibility as all of us have like mm. and um, yeah moved on from there so basically check out Hamster Wheel and, um, and now the election Whatever this one's called. <laughs> what are we promoting? Chase's election desk. Same at our desk. But basically our production line, as a business model at the Chase in terms of promoting talent, is we get them in to do logging mm. and then we just see how much shit they can consume. <laughs> and if they can eat that much shit, you go, well, then they're ready to work with us. Mm. And so then we sort of gradually promote them from there. So it's kind of like hazing them in a... Very Pretty much. It's hazing, Pretty much. Them, hazing us with Koshi. Ex- mm. Except it's far more negative than normal hazing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so obviously you've been doing uh, the checkout. So four seasons in, do you feel it's getting good now? Like, is that? <laughs> oh no, it's terrible. <laughs> Absolutely, three more seasons. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I think I think we've we've definitely found our rhythm a little mm. bit more. I think it's um, it's it's that mi- the problem with the checkout or the difficult p- bit with the checkout is I think it's very popular amongst a wide range of people. From you get a lot of elderly people who love the checkout, but then a lot of people watch it with their kids. Mm. As like a fa- as a family viewing sort of show, so it's trying to find the pace of the show that it's at a point where it's it's fast enough to stay interesting, but not so fast that people can't absorb the information. And we often get complaints from people saying, "Slow it down, slow it down." We, you know, there are people who kind of study it, and there are other people who just want you know to keep their kids entertained and have more gags and zany graphics and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, I definitely wouldn't say we've perfected it, but it's um, yeah. I think it's it's finding a nice balance and a nice niche. It's I think it's hard also to hit the humour level because apart from the fact you're mixing humour with information, humour level of zero. Yeah. We're trying to move up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you sort of yeah. On one hand, you're trying to hit eight year olds, and then you're trying to hit old old ladies, and you're trying to hit people in the middle, and mm. and like you sort of go, oh, this is a bit dicky, and then and then yeah. some twelve year old goes, that's great. <laughs> you never know what's yeah. going to really, yeah. you know. Uh, hit hit hard with yeah. the uh, the twelve year old audience. It's a very broad audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We find generally <laughs> silly costumes work for everybody, <laughs> and that's just where we aim all our humour. Yeah. And uh, Chase, how involved are you in the checkout? Like, are you there regularly, or oh, is I'm, that... I'm pretty involved. You're pretty involved. <laughs> I'm pretty involved. <laughs> He's yeah. as involved in that as any other show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't get in front of the camera because it's kind of we sort of early on we early on made the decision that we're going to try and bring guys like Scott through and, and, mm. and in order for them to get airtime, someone needs to not have airtime. Yeah. And, uh, and I was pretty comfortable with uh, just eating a lot of junk food and getting fat. So okay. uh, <laughs> for a consumer affairs show, the only products that Kaz, Chaz consumes are um, green tea Kit Kats 
So that's the only thing he has any experience in. So we thought we'll, we'll put him as a script editor instead yeah. of a presenter because yeah. he's got no credibility. So, so I'm pretty much just yeah, just part of the production team, just behind the scenes, yeah. working on scripts, working on edits, that kind of stuff. Just yeah. The, so are all the Chaser guys still involved in all the Chaser productions like that, or is uh, you know just going to your own personal interests? Like, how does that work? Yeah. No, we we kind of we kind of jump in and jump out. To be honest, like the like like for instance. Charles is actually working on the election show right now. Mm-hmm. He's been doing some writing for it, which is he's been away for ages, and he just yeah. decided he's interested in again, so he hopped back on. Um, Chris is Chris hasn't had anything to do with the checkout, mm. and I don't think he's got anything to do with this election show either. He's, he's working on narrative comedy at the moment, and when he wants to jump back in, he'll jump back in. You know, he's, so he's welcome. There was a big rift. That's no, no, there's no, scenes. there's no rifts or anything like that. The uh, uh, if there was a rift, I'd jump and join Chris. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I'd go with strength. But the um. Uh, no, no, no. We we we've always had pretty. Uh, this is a dangerous thing to say in election time, but we've always had an open doors policy <laughs> at the um, at the chaser. So um, yeah, yeah. It, people just jump on and jump off. Yeah. And I think to be honest, we should do more of it. Like, as what's been a problem in the past is that almost all of us work on one show and just work ourselves to the bone. And so there's no one else to work on any other shows. So we can only, for some, for a production company, we don't make many shows. Mm. And they're usually just shows that we're on, which is a pretty shit production company. So the, um, we'd like to get a situation where we sort of split up a bit and make two shows at once. But we never haven't qu- we haven't quite juggled that yet. One of these days. One yeah. of these Have days. you ever not worked on a... I, I didn't work on The Unbelievable Truth. Unbelievable. That, 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 was that was one where I jumped off. I said, oh, I'm not really interested in this show. So I just, I was doing Planet America then actually. And yeah. I just said, I'll just, just focus on that. So yeah. yeah, does that extend to other things that you guys do, like the Giant Dwarf uh, Theatre, for example? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Like people are just—I mean, we're all financially involved through the company, but mm. in terms of actually taking interest, some of us take more interest than others. Like I, I don't mind saying that Jules and Craig take a much, much bigger, bigger role in running Giant Dwarf Theatre than any of the rest of us do. Yeah, like, I spoke to Julian a few weeks ago, and he mm. seemed really into it. Yeah, no, he's yeah. really, really into it. Like we, one of the things I think it's worked with the Chase from the past is that we all have different strengths and interests, and we don't bother to take an interest in things that that we're not into so it always stays fresh like for instance with me i'm obsessed with logging <laughs> and like and, and i'm obsessed with but to be honest yeah people like scott like like I, I like bringing along young talent and i like i like logging and so i take no interest in contracts you, you are talent kind of <laughs> i take no interest in contracts i take no interest in 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 uh, a whole bunch of things that are dreary in tv to me and when, meanwhile jules doesn't give us stuff about the logging. Yeah, and he cares more about the contracts and the theatre and so forth. So, yeah, it works out okay, I think. Yeah. Uh, Julian had mentioned you guys are looking at doing a management company. We do actually actively running? Like, how does that... Yeah, no, we do actually actually have an agency of sorts um, with all the people that you see on our shows plus a Mm. few others. Is Scott... Myself included, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, I mean, the idea is that we're all managed by the Chase's management company for various performing and writing and, and whatnot um, activities. But it also so happens that because there's so much on at the moment, we pretty much work exclusively for these guys. <laughs> so they don't take a cut of the money that they're already giving us. So yeah, the, in theory, anything we do outside of the Chaser um, stable is part, you know, under the management agreement, basically. Mm. But everything I'm doing at the moment is under the Chaser stable. So. Oh, no, and they're looking after you? 
No, this is no. terrible. <laughs> I've not got any work going. <laughs> <laughs> really, really. Look, I'll, I'll be honest. Scott can't say this because yeah, he's staying right next to me, but I'm not sure we're the world's best managers, but we do our best. <laughs> <laughs> we really do. Like, we look after them, we care yeah. about them, but I, I won't pretend that you know, we have the skills of, say, token. Mm. <laughs> well, I think with the checkout, you, you wear enough stupid costumes that you're actually unemployable anywhere else by the time <laughs> you, you try and go for work outside of the chaser. So they've got a nice kind of... Uh, Closed shop in that respect that I just literally have no dignity anymore and have to only work for these guys. Scott has been a little bit modest. No, well, he does have no dignity, but he's also <laughs> been a little bit modest about the fact he, he does work on the weekly as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can admit that, I've Scott. been down in Melbourne working on the weekly <laughs> with Charlie Pickering. And, and you now, did this year's season as well? I did this year's and last yeah. year's as a writer. Yeah. 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 So IMDb's just got you down for last year, so I was concerned. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's why I didn't bring it up because I thought, oh, yeah. man, a bit sore. Yeah. 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 No, I, I got cut. <laughs> yeah, so um, no, no, but that's that's the management side of things. So Scott just stopped getting paid at the end of last year. That's all. I just, he, like, yeah, he's been I'm, he's been in Vercomers submitting scripts yeah. ever since. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. But, uh, I feel like a lot of my scripts will get bumped to. They said season three is when uh, <laughs> those scripts will come good. So yeah, yeah, just cross the fingers, you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so with this program, obviously, because you're reliant on the prime minister calling an election and go and see the governor general. Um, how do you actually schedule for this? So obviously you kind of know there's an election coming, but you've all got schedules you need to work around. Like, Look, to be perfectly honest, we it was decidedly inconvenient when they called this double dissolution. I, I have words to say to Malcolm, and uh, I might say them with a rat. But I, um, I, um, no, we wanted, we wanted the election badly to be in September after the checkout was over. Because as you might have noticed, the checkout's only been going for about four episodes before we had to pull it off air. Yeah. Um, and so that was quite annoying. Because also the other thing we like to do, as I've said a few times now, is logging. And what we would have loved to have done, I'm just, you can see I'm obsessed with it, aren't you? The actual, t- making the TV show for Chaz comes in the way of what he really loves, <laughs> which is logging all media which yeah. exists in Australia. Yeah, what, what we would have loved to have done is had a three-month run-up into the election. So we had this huge library of clips mm. that we could just pull out at any time and so forth, but we just didn't have the time to do it because we were making the checkout. So the logging basically began as soon as they called the election, which is a bit annoying. But So yeah, it wasn't convenient. Um, in terms of we've just we haven't scheduled. As soon as they called it, we just had to start coming up with ideas. Like with the desk idea, we came up with like the week after they called the election. It was um, it's very much flying by see your pants. And as far as scheduling the actual show goes, yeah, the actual like day to day, let's go get the poly. We don't have any insiders. We rely on Twitter and we rely on the things that everyone else relies on. So you know, so for instance, take yesterday. I, I brought up the rat example, we only Mm. knew that Shorten was going to be in Sydney at like 11.30 the night before we knew he was going to be doing something at 8 a.m. the next morning. And so we're on on Slack just kicking around some ideas. We had the rat idea. We're trying to book a rat at 1 (laughs) a.m. So to be at the ABC in six six hours' time, it can be quite tough. (laughs) So do you get like volunteer rats then? Like how do you find a... We can Uh, script all our rats. No, that's not true. It's amazing how much the rats are a fan of our show. (laughs) (laughs) The rats love our work. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so the actual show itself from a production standpoint, mm. uh, this is a Giant Dwarf production. Yes. It's not like CJZ involved. No, in no, no, just Giant yeah. Dwarf. Yeah. How do you like delineate that? So I mean, obviously CJZ are doing checkout. Yeah. But like- well, Jules did a deal with CJZ for the checkout from mm. the beginning. So so that, that so I think the checkout is going to be CJZ and Giant Dwarf 
in perpetuity, in perpetuity. Have you said that word? <laughs> um, but yeah, with the election shows, that's just our thing. So there's no point getting involved with another production company because mm. we don't need to. <laughs> we never had to do election shows. Yeah, I yeah. think I think it was good to get involved with CJZ for the um, for checkout because it was a new kind of show for us. Mm. And yeah, and those guys had a lot of experience with other kinds of shows. And so. the scale of production on that's obviously quite different as well. Um, it, to be honest, I mean, I, w- I want to say just yes, 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 but to be honest, it actually isn't that different. It's just a different kind of show. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, it's yeah, it's it's not the kind of show we'd made before. So yeah. it, it's always handy to get the experience of others. Yeah. No, I've seen some of these impressive checkout um, scenes. For example, like I remember one with that was like uh, puppets and like graphics sort of stuff. I think it was Zoe doing that. Yeah, the bank sure guys are like you know yeah. you had now thinking oh, about that. Mm. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up it was because like puppets. yeah, that sounds yeah. like a checkout screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's interesting you bring it up because uh, you, you do say you. She, she was a detective, I think. Yes. yes. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. If you look it up, it's called the bank job on YouTube. Yeah, you look it up, it you'll see. Yeah. Like, and there was kind of this cardboard cutouts in the background yeah, for phenomenal the like yeah. yeah very cool yeah it was it was probably our most high concept production that we've involved and it was very involved mm. um you 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 know you say the listeners are all geeks right yeah, yeah. okay because I'll, I'll get some detail I, here I, I didn't say geeks I think I called them enthusiasts before <laughs> okay <laughs> off, off air you said yeah. they're all geeks okay yeah um <laughs> uh yeah no, I, 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 when you talk about the series of the checkout I think it's probably accurate to say that Every season's been a little bit different, as we because we like to sort of push the boundaries a bit, as mm. you have noticed over the years. Yeah, and um, and every season with the checkout, we were pushing it a little bit further and further into weird areas. And last season was we did a lot of very weird things, like that bank job, for instance, where basically we're just sitting around trying to think of new ways to make TV, or at least interesting ways to make TV that we hadn't done before. Mm. And often I felt like, in hindsight. The actual information got lost a bit in this just this weird production technique that we threw onto the stunt, also threw onto the piece, and uh, which didn't necessarily like banks have nothing to do with cardboard. <laughs> we kind of just linked them together, this kind of film noir kind of thing with cardboard and uh, this sort of mishmash. And while it looked, I thought spectacular. It was great TV. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it necessarily was great for communicating information about banks. I think for Media Week <laughs> podcast viewers, they would have appreciated season probably, three particularly probably appreciate how high concept yeah, yeah. ambitious television yeah. is made well look what, what I'd say is that there's I feel a lot like of 80 year old women who are watching the show going I have no idea what <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, well what I'd say is I think this season what we've got right is the balance because I think we've, we've, we haven't tossed aside the production techniques but what we've tried to do is make them relevant to the actual topic so that way it helps explain the topic rather than necessarily detract from the actual topic because yeah. I, I think I think there were times when people were very confused so by the last series of the checkout so that was a learning experience yeah. yeah I would yeah. love to do a goggle box on season three and watch <laughs> all these people literally have strokes figure out what's going on I, I, yeah, I feel like I feel like when we we're always trying something new and when we st- stop thinking we can do something new on the show, we just stop. Which is why we stopped the war on everything. We just said, mm. you know what? We've done every kind of stunt. We've got to a point here where where either we're just going to hurt ourselves or we're going to get arrested or we're just going to get just shot in the head. One, one of these things are going to happen um, from outrage. Uh, we've just got nowhere else to go. We've done everything. So let's move on. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Now, talking about stunts, uh, the, the trust falls with the Prime Minister, yeah. which I was yeah highly enamoured with that when I saw the photos of you hitting the ground. <laughs> yes. um, does it work better if he catches you or does it work better if you are hitting the ground? Oh, there's no doubt. Pain works better. <laughs> Especially pain pain from me. I think people enjoy watching me being hurt. So, uh, yeah, no, I was very much hoping he wouldn't catch me. Yeah. It worked out quite well in that respect. <laughs> it's quite spectacular just how much he didn't catch me. So, it worked out very well, yeah. A fan he actually stepped over you yeah. when you are on the ground. 
uh, that's right. Yeah, it, was, it was actually a bit tough because you, you, you can't fall on the Prime Minister because that's then assault and then you'll mm. be murdered by the feds. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you can't fall too far away from the Prime Minister because then he can't catch you. So you've got to kind of get the balance right. And I, and I just brushed his tie, so it was perfect. If he stuck out his arm, he would have caught me, but he really didn't want to stick out his arms. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that they were sort of aware that you'd be around at that stage? Oh, like, he totally, he yeah. totally knew I was there for a couple of reasons. Number one, because... I just don't know when he's coming out of that school. Mm. So when you was in the school doing a press conference, yeah. I didn't know when he was coming out. So I had to just sit outside the door and his, his car is just there. I was just in between, I was in between the door and the car. His car has got an agent in there, right? Who, who's no, undoubtedly communicating with the people on the inside. Yeah. And you can tell that he knew because when he came out, he had the, this biggest shit eating grin just walking out of a school. <laughs> no, one's, no one's filming him. He's just, he just walking out of school with a massive grin plus on his face. Mm. Come on. He knows that something's about to happen. So, yeah. He, he doesn't know what. That's no, the he, he definitely didn't and know what. I bet you had some quick lines ready going, <laughs> I'm going to get Chaz this time. Yeah. And all you did was just fall over in yeah. front of him. Actually, quite quite the opposite. Turnbull used to be full of lines. Like mm. when we used to stunt him, we used to dread stunting Turnbull because he always came out funnier than us. Yep. Even though we had pre-written lines and he was off the cuff, he was still funnier. But um, I noticed that since he's been Prime Minister... He's just got a plastered grin. He's, he's gone to Tony Abbott in stunts as well. He just wow. doesn't say a word. So is that pure media management then? I'm sure he's been told, yeah. just shut up and smile. Climate change, gay marriage, lost his quick wit. <laughs> he's, just, he's just going downhill. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, now this season of Chase the Sides, uh, Chase Election Desk. Yeah, whatever. They're all the we same. Know it's all good. <laughs> uh, there was the appointment of Nina Oyama. Uh, yes, so oh wow, yeah, you know your stuff. Oh, I read a media release here and there. <laughs> <laughs> now, Media Oyama, so she's there as part of uh, Screen New South Wales Strategic Opportunities. Yes. And she's also very funny in her own right, so it's not like she's an appointment for, you know, uh, quota sake or anything. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. The reason why she's there, we didn't pick her up out of the gutter. The reason she's there is because we had a on work experience a for the last series and we got to do a little bit of vlogging as we always do. And, uh, and yeah, we, we were really impressed. Well, and so, I saw Nina at a... And an FBI uh, radio gig called yeah, Irrational, Irrational Fear. Fear. Mm. Like, that's the first time I came across you because yes. you were on that. The, well, yeah, that, yeah the, so I actually ended up meeting Chris Taylor through Irrational Fear. Okay. Um, and that's how I got the gig with these guys. Mm. And but, Irrational Fear being Dan Illich's uh, satirical podcast series. Yes, that's right. exactly. Mm. And Nina performed a night at Irrational Fear. She did a couple, but one with me. And um, she, at the time, she was only 19, mm. I think. And, uh, I think and, 18, like she was yeah, finishing she was, high school like mm. the day before. Yeah, that, I think. Yeah. yeah. So you, I think we're talking about the same yeah. night. And yeah, because I, I went she, back and listened to it a few days ago. Yeah, and she yeah. absolutely killed. And She so, also did the SBS show I did as well, the... The couple of what was called Bella Union, Stamper course, Bella yeah. Union. She was, she was also did that, and she also once again she did really really well. Yeah, so mm. I, guess, I guess a few people had a, their eye on her mm. uh, from a talent perspective, mm. and then the I guess the opportunity opened mm. up, and now she's you know working on this show, logging and and writing and yeah, like it, it's great because we 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 constantly I probably shouldn't say this publicly, but what the hell <laughs> we constantly push our budgets with the number of young writers that we hire and then sort of loggers and performers like we're just into that surely and they don't cost much though uh, well they, they, 
they, well, they, they, they cost more than the ABC can afford. Let's put it that way. And so the opportunity with this, this, this scholarship that you're referring to just gave mm. us an opportunity to hire an extra young rider, which was fantastic. So, yeah. And, yeah, and we definitely didn't hesitate with Nina because we loved working with her in the last se- series of Media Circus. And the scholarship, does that take care of her entire wage or do you yes. sort of keep a few pennies? No, no, it takes care of the entire wage. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Mm. Uh, okay, so Scott, just because mm. you've obviously been doing a fair bit of Chaser stuff, mm-hmm. um, what do you do when you're not doing Chaser stuff? Is it stand-up? Like, Are you working uh, a day job still? Like? No, no, no. So I finally was able to quit my day job about four years ago. Mm. So it's basically been... What were you doing? Uh, I used to work at a bank, actually. I okay. used to be like <laughs> just one of, you know, suit and tie. Uh, it's, a, it's a long way from where I am now, basically. <laughs> Um, was banking the dream career? Or? It, it was, yeah. and so I've had to go to my backup plan, which was be a comedy writer, which, you know, I'm desperately hoping one day I can go back to the bank yeah. and have a job that makes my mum proud. Um, the bank has never taken you back. Yeah. <laughs> never. It's the problem with being uh, doing a consumer affairs show. You shit can enough industries that you really can't go back anywhere. It's either this or homelessness. So, um, but no, so uh, really I've just been TV writing. Like I've, I've been lucky enough to have a show at least one show at the start of the year one show at the end of the year usually with these guys but as i said uh, before i've done two seasons of the weekly so i've been living down in melbourne so yeah i've been lucky enough to it's one of those things where you always feel like it could fall apart at any moment but it's been four years now and i've you know been full-time comedy writing and it's an absolute dream come true i you know get to throw rats at the prime minister <laughs> for a living and it's it's fantastic I, I think you literally i mean correct me if i'm wrong you've literally been in, been writing in full employment writing since the beginning of last year haven't you you haven't taken a holiday since then pretty much no you, you went from check out weekly media circus check out check weekly out week, yeah and now the election it's, pretty, it's one of, i think it's one of those things when you when you want because i was doing probably about five i probably did about four years of stand-up before then and yeah. i think once you you finally get something that you've been trying, you know, that you wanted, you're so scared to lose it that you just don't take any holiday. You know, like Chad, you're often saying to me, yeah. you know, trying to have a break or whatever, which is ironic coming from Chaz who doesn't sleep. Well, I just want to get him out of the office. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you just don't take breaks because you just feel like you've got this thing that you're so lucky to have. And I feel like if I, if I actually leave my office desk, I'll come back and... Nina will be sitting there mm. and they'll be like, we don't need you anymore, Scott. So, yeah, I don't leave, basically. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. Uh, guys, I think that's probably yeah, the end of the Media Week experience for you. Wow, it's oh, been fantastic. Nice, it's been great. Yeah. It's been great for us. Don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been moderately entertained. What's fine. funny is that Chaz is going to go back and log this podcast. <laughs> Man, you're in trouble. Let me tell you. God, this isn't going to end well. Uh, Chaz, you're on Twitter. People can find you where? Yes, at Chazlich, C-H-A-S-L. L-I-double-C and for my American feed Chaz underscore USA okay and Scott's also on Twitter but hasn't tweeted since January 14th (laughs) yeah no I I don't tweet very much but if you want to become one of my uh, 50 followers (laughs) it's at Scott Abbott um, at, at Twitter and one just T. wait one T on Abbott yeah. and you can just wait in anticipation for my next big tweet it's, it's <laughs> going to be a cracker he's been working on for months yes. <laughs> fantastic guys thanks so much and just remember you can find Media Week on Twitter at Media Week AUS also on Facebook with the same name and check out our website mediaweek.com.au thanks guys thanks thank you